0: there. You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast, recorded live at Collective Church in Roanoke, Texas, with co-lead pastors Courtney Clark and Megan Lawton. Enjoy the sermon. Uh, Thank you so much for allowing me to be here for the second, well, not the second time. I think I've been here several times before, but it's been several years. It's been a few years, obviously pre-pandemic. It's just a, a blessing and a privilege to be here again. And I echo exactly what Megan said about Happy Mother's Day. Um, if it's a struggle with you, definitely praying for you. If it's not a struggle, still praying for you. Um, to all of the mothers you know, in this place and even out in video land, Happy Mother's Day. Um, I myself, I am a father. I grew up with bro- both parents, um, but it's nothing, I haven't seen anything like the sacrifice that a mother makes for her family, for her children. That should have got a great amen. Amen. <laughs> um, I, I just remember, you know, there were some times in our lives um, where life was great, you know, financially. And then there were some times when growing up when it wasn't. And I remember specifically being a teenager, going into the cupboard, looking like, dang, what are we going to eat? Not that I was the, the household cook, that's not it. But I was just <laughs> hungry. I was like, what are we going to eat? There's nothing that I could find. And then, you know, a few hours later, my mother's calling and said, hey, everybody come eat. I'm like, did you go to the store she's like no I just whipped something up I'm like moms are magic they have to be because I would tell my sister I was like there was literally nothing in there but I don't know we're eating wonderfully all right so I won't be long today I won't be long um, a lot of people that hear me preach they're like yes I love when he preaches because he's not long-winded <laughs> it's, it's already clapping thank you we <laughs> will not be long today um, before we get into this let's go ahead and pray and then we'll we'll open up the word Father in the name of Jesus we thank you for your grace God we thank you for who you are you are our strength you are our all-sufficient one you are our Redeemer Lord God you are our everything and we thank you for everything that you have done will do and are doing in our lives right now we thank you for this place God we thank you for a collective church thank you for the fellowship thank you for the families thank you for the friendships that are here. Lord God, we thank you for this day, this time. We thank you for mothers. I'm asking that you bless mothers all over the land. Lord God, as we get into this, this word, I'm asking that you would just allow this to be a seed sown in fertile ground. Lord God, And I heard your word say that, you know, one plants, one waters, but it's you that gives the increase. And so Father, I'm asking that you would give the increase and that you would allow our hearts to be settled in your word today. God, we love you. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So before we even get into this, um, I'll let you know that I did struggle a little bit. Well, not struggle, but maybe I sifted through several titles for this message. Um, One was um, nothing but a (laughs) G-thang. So I guess you guys understand where that came from. (laughs) Then I was like, no, 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 not that, not that. Then I thought about the ace of grace. You know, like the ace of spades. I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Then I thought about maybe grace impact. You know, talk about how grace impacts your life. But then I just thought, you know what? Let me just title it grace and let grace speak for itself. All right. So the the scripture we're going to use, this is going to be a little different. The scripture we're going to use is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And this is out of the Christian Standard Bible version. It says, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Uh, Dr. Dr. Tony Evans quoted this. I'm, I'm quoting Dr. Tony Evans. Every other religion is predicated on what you do for God, how to make yourself acceptable to God, what acts you have to perform, what things you must accomplish. Christianity is centered on what God has done to make man acceptable to him. And that's summarized in the one word called grace. And I, I, let me just offer this disclaimer. This is not going to be a typical sermon, typical message where I give an introduction, three points, a joke, and a conclusion. <laughs> I just want to have a conversation. I just want to talk about grace. So there may be times where you would be like, you just said that about two minutes ago. Um, there may be some things, and then I was always taught that when there's repetitiveness in a sermon, either number one, the the, the preacher didn't study, the, the teacher <laughs> didn't study, or it's for a point of emphasis. So we're gonna roll with the latter. It's gonna be for a of, <laughs> it's gonna be for a point of emphasis. Um, so I don't how do I say this. I don't want to speak over anyone's head today. Like I don't want to be Star Trek. I don't want to try to get too deep. I don't want to be Sequest. Some of those are. Those references are lost on some of you guys are so young. You're like, what? <laughs> My daughter's like, yeah, I have not no clue what you're talking about, sir. But I just, I just want to talk. I just want to have a conversation. Um, the, the major truth that I want to convey today is that the fact, the absolute fact that God's grace makes a difference unlike anything else as it pertains to our lives spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, morally let me just say something about the the mentally part I believe in um, therapy outside of you know maybe outside of pastoral therapy Um, but I saw a minister I won't say the name and his his point was he didn't believe in you know maybe counselors or or therapists um, mentally because if you are filled with the presence of God there's no need for that I, I disagree you know, I, I disagree, especially in today's climate. Yes, you can be filled with the presence of God. You trust God. But you know what? I also believe that He has placed certain people in certain fields for, you know, our, <laughs> for our betterment, to increase, to help us mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, right? I agree with that. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't agree with the fact that because you're saved, because you're a believer, because you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that you do not need any type of therapy. I think my gosh the last few years we all need some sort of therapy. That's just my opinion let me move on let me move on. (laughs) And So so let me say this before we get too far into the message for the most part I'm I'm not a minister you you probably can already tell that just freestyles a message I have everything typed up and so my eyes will look away frequently you know there'll be times when I'm not focused on you I'll be looking at the tablet. I'm still here with you but I I have to go back to what I typed. All right, so let's get back, to th- get back into this. We're talking about grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, acronym that I've always heard. Um, in this time, in this particular age, this church age, in this dispensation of time, the mode, the means that God chooses to use to deal with you and I, to deal with his people is grace. And grace is based solely on his love for us and our complete inability to meet His standards. I know you were awesome growing up. I know you're awesome right now. I know you do wonderful things, but the fact of the matter is we fail completely to meet God's standards on our own. We can't be all that God has called, planned, and purposed for us to be without grace. I'm already seeing a pattern. I should have named this sermon. How many times can you say grace in one lesson? Yeah. Yeah. So without this inexhaustible grace, it's, it's never ending, without this uh, comprehensive grace, which means it in- includes everything, we can do nothing of our own. Grace is what God does for us, independent of us. Ah, that was good. Let me say that again. Grace is what God does for us, independent of us. Like, we don't have to say, okay, Lord, do you... Do you need me to catch up the rear? Do you need me to do something over here? No, I got this. I got you. I just want you to either accept the grace or not. You now, Jesus did say in Revelation, he said, I, I, I'd rather you be hot or cold. I don't like lukewarm. I, I'll spit you out. So he does what he's going to do independent of us. Unmerited, undeserved, and unearned favor. A gift from God on high. No lie. It's a gift from God on high. No lie. That's the truth. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to move on. (laughs) So the Bible uses the word grace 160 times within 66 books. The New Testament mentions it 128 times. So I hope you guys are strapped in. I'm going to mention it all 128 times. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm I'm not. (laughs) So God is spoken of in the Bible as the God of grace, talking about God the Father. Uh, 1 Peter 5 and 10, this is from the New American Standard Bible Version. I have to remember all those. Man, it <laughs> says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, that's mature, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The Bible also speaks of Christ being full of grace. John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It also calls the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, and that's Hebrews 10 and 19. You, that's homework, you can write that down. 10 and 29, I'm sorry. So the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are mentioned in conjunction with grace. So this thing we can, all, we can all, every now and then I'll shift gears. You know, I'll just like jump from one to the other. Y'all yeah, just stay with me, just, just keep trekking with me in this climate growing up in North Texas living in North Texas especially since March we've had to set our thermostat to either hot or cold (laughs) you know sometimes we just turn it off in the morning like oh my gosh it's cold midday you're like you know what turn it off by the evening you know it's a different temperature setting the temperature setting for the life of the believer should be set at grace the way we move the way we live the way we operate should be set at grace, our joy, our peace, our power, the spiritual gifts that are inside it, they all flow from grace. All right, so we're gonna do a little exercise. I won't do this, I won't bug you a whole lot. Every time I point at you, I just want you to say grace. All right, let's give it a trial run. Grace. Grace. All right, that was that was cool. That's cool. <laughs> let's try to be more on one accord. We'll try it one more time. Grace. I like that. I like that. There we go this supernatural gift called grace is our ace there you go i told you i was gonna call it the ace of grace <laughs> <laughs> so when we look up the word ace um, it means excellent marvelous wonderful outstanding stellar top-notch top tier it's all inspiring there, there's more but i was like let me stop right there john newton took a pen and the only way he could describe grace was amazing beyond his ability to comprehend he was like you know it's just amazing when I think about God's grace amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost now I'm found I was blind but now I see there, there's a verse I'm not sure if it's the third verse fourth I don't know but he just simply says praise God praise God in African American church there's a, there's a song and it's quoted often it says when I think of the goodness of Jesus And all that he's done for me, my soul cries, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for saving me. And when we think about how the Lord has kept us free from hurt, harm, and danger, or maybe he brought us through some dangerous situations, he brought us through some tough times, the only thing that's left is praise God, praise God. It's amazing, it's amazing, this grace is wonderful. Grace is the avenue by which we access all that God has for us. Without it, there's no salvation. The fundamental component, the essential element to salvation is grace. Wonderful, wonderful. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. It's in the Christian standard Bible version. <laughs> it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespass, you were saved by grace so that in the ages to come, there it is, that inexhaustible, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. We can't boast about this grace that, that is that enthrones our life. We can't boast about this grace that has been poured out on our lives. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Why am I saying this? Because there are some, there's a group of people that tell you, will tell you that we are, that, let me, how do I put it? There are some that will tell you that the finished work of Christ on the cross is not efficacious for salvation. It's not enough for salvation. I call them the Jesus Plus Club. They believe that we're saved by grace, I mean faith plus works, grace plus merit, Christ plus other mediators. They believe we should live our lives according to scripture plus tradition. Whose tradition? The tradition of men. Nah. They believe we should live our lives for the glory of God as well as Mary and other saints. It's a salvation of works and not of grace. And we don't do good works, you know. um, you know what we do for the homeless, for those who are less fortunate. We don't do those good things. We don't share our faith. We don't love on one another. We don't do that because we want to become saved. Sealed, filled, and delivered. We don't do good works because we want to stay saved, filled, sealed and delivered, but because we are saved, sealed, filled, and delivered. Field, field, filled. Filled. <laughs> filled. Not filled. Filled, sorry. I heard my daughter, I heard you. <laughs> She's like, you're pronouncing that wrong. It's not how you say that. So we are, we, we're, we're saved, we're, we're f- filled, we're sealed, and we are delivered. And when you're saved like that, you're a threat to the, to the enemy. All right, so that means you're bad. I know this is weird to say on a Sunday morning, but just tap yourself on the, on the chest and say, I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad. Just look at the person next to you and say, You're bad. You're bad. Bad, bad. Blessed and delivered. That's what bad means. It's not like Michael Jackson bad. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm blessed and I'm delivered. And I know sometimes we look at our lives and be like, Man, I don't, I don't see any blessings. <sighs> you can breathe. You know, even if you have an oxygen tank, yeah, I mean, there's still air flowing we just have to look at everything, um, every situation as a blessing. It it may not be the perfect situation. You may have just purchased a house, an older house, and you have problem after problem. (laughs) Problems you think you would have 10 years down the line. You're having them within the first nine months, first six months. You're like, how is this a blessing? Like, because you could still be in the apartment, paying, you know, somebody else's rent. But now you're paying your own mortgage. This is your house. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Let me just move on. (laughs) That That was some personal stuff. I had to get that off. (laughs) <laughs> and so for the unbeliever grace comes in the form of the gospel message obviously Romans 1 uh, Paul said for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek alright so here we go shifting gears I'm just going to something different um, there is a difference between obviously between the Old Testament and the New Testament the Old Testament was under the law. The New Testament, the age we're in now, is under grace. We're under a new and better covenant, a new and better arrangement, a new and better agreement. The Old Testament is definitely law-focused, while the New Testament is absolutely grace-filled. So here's the Old Testament You have to forgive me. Goodness, I had a lot of caffeine. The Old Testament definition for the word grace, it means to bend or stoop down in kindness to someone who's inferior. It's like a king doing a favor for a peasant or someone who's just common in the kingdom. In the New Testament, the word means favor, goodwill, loving kindness. And even though the Old Testament is law-centered, there are some examples of grace. All right, how am I doing on time? Am I okay? I'm like, okay, good, good. So like sometimes when, like when I was pastoring and I would start to get close to time, my mother would be in the back and be like, 10 minutes. <laughs> like, and it wasn't a smile. It wasn't like, you only got 10 minutes, son. She was like, ten minutes. <laughs> five minutes. And when I go over, she would start pointing at the clock. Like, <laughs> wrap it up. So I don't mind. If someone does that, I'm, you know, I'm used to it, so I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so one example, one Old Testament example, I have a few. One old, one old Testament example of grace is Noah. It's Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. I'm going to read this really quickly. It says, The Lord regretted that he made man on the earth, and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created off the face of the earth. Together with the animals, the creatures that crawl, and the birds in the sky. For I regretted that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. Right. Uh, so judgment was decreed on the earth by God. Due to the wickedness of the heart of man, God stated that he was going to wipe out everything and everyone. I'm done. I'm tired. You guys are getting on my nerves. Basically is what he was saying. That, that's the um, marquee translation of the Old Testament. That God was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. But the reason that, that Noah was, was, was spared, him and his family, there's eight members of his family, eight consequently in Hebrew numerology means new beginning, right? Um, the reason he, he and his family were, scared because, were spared because there was a contrast between Noah's life and the culture, right? Not that Noah was perfect, but there was a stark contrast from the way he lived his life, the way he honored God and the culture. Noah was a counter-cultural guy was like I'm not living like everyone else and that should be the testimony of us as believers I'm just counter-cultural I'm just living the way God wants me to live and that doesn't please everyone amen I'm sorry I don't know what to tell you that's the best way I can put it like I'm sorry I'm not here to cause trouble sometimes I have to say that on my job I'm not here to cause trouble I just have to do what God wants me to do but sometimes when they say God bless you I'm like I know they're listening to my call. If I say it, they're going to be like, you know our company policy. So I'm just like, thank you. God bless you too. Goodbye. (laughs) They didn't hear that. So then also let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We're talking about Abram. He's not called Abraham yet, but Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, go to your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So in his promise to Abram, God shared seven wonderful things. Number one, he said, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. Number four, you will be a blessing. Number five, I'll bless those who bless you. Number six, those who curse you, I will curse. Number seven, all the families in the earth will be blessed through you. So God's original blessing on all mankind refer back to Genesis one and twenty-eight will be restored and fulfilled through Abram and his offspring. Genesis one and twenty-eight, He said, "I'll give you dominion. I'll give you authority over the flowers of the, the you know the flowers and." yeah y'all know what I'm talking about (laughs) my mind just went blank (laughs) I'm glad I had the freedom to just talk here I love this I love it Genesis chapter 50 last example I promise I'm going to move on Um, this is regarding Joseph it says and you meant evil against me but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive the acting out of personal animosity towards Joseph from his brothers or by his brothers was a situation that God used to save many lives. It was the lives of the Israelites, the Egyptians and the nations that came to Egypt to buy food in the face of famine that threatened the known world. At the same time, God showed by these events that his purpose for the nations is life and that purpose would be effected through the descendants of Abraham. Wow, if you were paying attention, that was that's awesome. Just I want to move on. Some of you are looking like, just wrap it up. <laughs> Ten minutes. So grace is the love of God shown to the unlovable, the peace of God given to the restless, and the unmerited favor of God poured out on the undeserving. Amen. We are the undeserving. And I'm so thankful that he just poured it out. Grace is most needed. Best understood in the context in the midst of sin, suffering, and brokenness. We live in a world of earning and deserving. Earning and deserving. We earned. I earned this degree. You deserve a raise because of your job performance and your, and your compliance you know, to the company standard. Because of earning and deserving. But grace is a completely different situation. We don't deserve it. And there's nothing we can do to earn it. We can't trade for it. We can't convince God to say, hey, look, I I talked to 15 people last week. 15. I shared my faith 15 times. So I should, there's nothing we can do. It's a gift. Again, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that none can boast. So we're going to talk about contrast in just a little bit and we'll come back to this. So when we think about this faith, when we think, again, I'm shifting gears. When we think about this faith that we hold near and dear to us, when we think about this walk that is so important to us. Think about this. Ask yourself this. What makes Christianity distinctly different from other ideologies and philosophies? I want you to just let that soak in for a little bit. Just think about that. And so since I'm I'm the teacher, I have the answer. (laughs) It's the personification of God's redemptive plan found in Christ Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father unless you come through me. And what's significant is Jesus didn't say that I am a way. He didn't say I am one of many ways. But he said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we can't understand the goodness of God until we first experience the grace of God, right? And we don't really experience grace until we've had an encounter and been impacted by the risen Christ. And so I say to understand, but again, grace is exhaustive. It's never ending. It's going to take us an eternity in heaven just to know who God is. So God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life of one man. Mark, no, Jesus <laughs> the Christ. A joke. And so you may be here and you may be thinking, okay, I'm familiar with church. I understand, you know, how church operates. I understand how small group op- operates, but I don't know if I've ever really had a connection with Jesus. How do I get connected with this Jesus? How do I get connected with this grace? Number one, very simple. So this is a very simple word. Number one, acknowledging our sinfulness, confessing Christ audibly, and believing that Christ is God internally. This is very familiar, Romans 10, 9, 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, period. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. Grace demands our faith only. That's it. If we have faith the size of a mustard seed, I don't have to work to be saved. I don't have to work to remain saved. We work because we are, but grace demands only that I believe. That's it. And as believers, our lives unfoldly by daily by the grace of god the way we talk should be seasoned with grace the way we walk should be seasoned with grace when we face hard times we should understand that it's it's grace that's going to set our feet solid you know on those turbulent days grace is what's going to hold us amen the road of our forgiveness is paved with grace grace and mercy We've been forgiven, so we should receive, I mean, we should forgive others. I know sometimes that's a hard thing. We receive forgiveness according to the riches of God's glory, First John 1 and 9. Spiritual growth does not happen overnight. We grow in grace. grace. We grow in grace, 2 Peter 3 and 18. Grace transforms our desires, motivations, and behavior. His grace empowers every aspect of our lives. So I said earlier I was going to talk about contrast there's a difference between fully accepting Jesus and embracing the idea of Jesus right there's a difference between me one accepting fully accepting being converted walking this thing out and there's some people that they we just embrace the idea of Jesus which you know which is cool but when you embrace the idea of Jesus you're still walking to the beat of your own drum, rather than allowing the Lord to order your steps. Life is still me-centric, rather than Christocentric or Christ-centered. Amen? So, fully accepting Jesus is going beyond conversion and living a life that's set apart. Without grace, there's no salvation. There's no justification. There's no sanctification. There's no propitiation. And there's no annihilation. I'm kidding about the last word (laughs) so I want to make sure y'all still with me so we have to allow him to be our not only our Savior but our Lord as well Amen. so another contrast is we cannot mix grace with works if salvation were obtained by works then that would just simply be our wage something we earned and salvation is a gift Romans 4 Chapter four. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. This is out of the Amplified Version. It says, Now to a laborer, his wages are not credited as favor or a gift, but as an obligation, something owed to him. But to the one who does not work, that is the one who does not earn his salvation by doing good, but believes and completely trusts in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. Well, that's right standing with God. And so we don't want to mix grace with the law of God. The law gives us work to do. Grace says the work is already finished. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said it is finished. The law says do this and you shall live. Grace says live and you will do. The law says love the Lord your God. Grace says God so loved the world. And we love him because he first loved us. The law condemns the best of us. Grace saves the worst of us. The law shows us our sin. Grace shows us salvation. For the grace of God has appeared to all people instructing us to deny godliness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It's Titus chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. So I'm, I promise you I'm almost done. I know a lot of times African-American preachers will say, I'm going to my seat, I'm almost done, and it's, a, it's 30 more minutes. <laughs> I'm about to close now, but no, this is, I'm literally almost done. So there is a need for us to have grace. Why? Because we had an eternal sin debt, alienated, separated, and segregated us from God. A debt that we owed that we could not pay. We were born into sin. Psalms 51 and 5, I'm going to read it from the uh, Christian Standard Bible Version. It says, indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. I, I love the way the King James put it. It says, in sin I was conceived. Wait a minute, How's it go? I swear I had it memorized. Anyway, look up Psalm 51 (laughs) and 5 in the King James Version. I love the way it reads. Man, somebody should help me out, but that's fine, that's fine. So we were slaves to sin, and we couldn't free ourselves. And as a result of the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God towards sinful men, Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many. He became a ransom to purchase us out of our sin debt. He didn't just die for us. He died instead of us. He died the death that we all deserved. But thanks be to God. We put our trust in Him. We put our trust in His finished work and we don't have to get whipped in the back. Amen. That's a blessing. So that's a great segue into the blessings through grace. Number one, salvation. We're saved from something for something. We have eternal life. We're saved from the guilt, penalty, and power of sin. We were saved to live a life for God's glory and experience the power of the risen Savior. That's a wonderful thing. We're saved from the fire and the brimstone. We're saved from the guilt and the penalty and the power of sin. And I know we're all thinking, okay, the guilt and penalty, I can see, but the power, because sometimes... Oh my gosh, like when someone cuts me off, I don't know, I just, I just have this overwhelming urge to tell them that they're number one. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, mm, no, not me, I'm sorry. I don't do it, but you know, I just, that's the old marquee, the old marquee is like, never mind. <laughs> it's like, I'm saved by grace, <claps> saved by grace, go ahead, go ahead but we're saved from the guilt, the penalty, and the power of sin. Number two, justification. We've been justified. God counts the sinner who believes in Jesus as being without blame. That's a wonderful thing because Satan, he's called the accuser of the brethren. And he has so many things that he can stand before God and say, Look, this is what you died for? Look at her. Look at how she's acting. Look at him. Look at what he's doing. But because we've been justified, because we believe, because we accepted that grace, because grace has been poured out on our lives, I'm justified. I'm justified before God. That means I'm, I'm without blame in his eyes. And then number three, we have access to God. Romans 5 and 2 says we can enter into the presence of God by prayer. Pr- well, that's the reference scripture is Romans 5 and 2. We can enter into the presence of God by prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is a privilege. And we are no longer separated and segregated. We're no longer alienated from God. We can enter into his presence. That's a wonderful thing to know. I mean, a lot of people say, oh man, I'd love to be in the presence of the president. I'd love to be in the presence of the Pope. I'd love to be in the presence of a Kardashian. not sure why, but you know, I'd love to be in the presence of Beyonce or Jay-Z or whoever. Oh, that's fine, but you know what? To be in God's presence or to invite him into my space, to invite him into my home, to invite him into my closet, to invite him into my car, wherever I am. That's a wonderful thing to know that I can lay my burdens at the feet of Jesus. You know, there's an old song that says, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. And he'll answer by and by. By and by means whenever he gets good and ready. (laughs) It may not be when we want to, but he will answer. Last thing, I'm going to move on. God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through one man, Jesus the Christ. So I'm still alive. And it's a G thing. (laughs) Told you I was going (laughs) to not because it's a gangster thing or a groove thing but it's a grace thing the reason I'm still here is because of grace the reason you're still here is because of grace amen let's pray Father we thank you right now for your grace thank you for your mercy but thank you for this time thank you for your word Lord God I'm asking that you again allow this to be a seed that was sown into good soil um, Lord God allow us to be strengthened your word says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, hearing by the, mes- hearing by the, the message. And so, Lord God, I'm asking that um, all of our hearts be strengthened, our minds be strength- strengthened, and our walk be strengthened with you. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This has been the Collective Church Podcast. We post episodes every week on Sundays. If you're interested in supporting our church, you can give at collectivechurch.net slash give. I hope you enjoyed listening.